to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So let's live our best lives one day at a time and let's have some fun along the way. Hi, everybody. We are so glad you're here today. Welcome to episode six of the Life Lessons podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing pretty good. What are you up to? Well, I had a crazy day so far. I was a little late to the recording because we had a a life lesson, a real life lesson with my son, Will, today. What was that? He came over this morning and he said, I don't have any electricity. They cut off my electricity two days ago. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So he's had no electricity for two days and he didn't know what to do. And so I had to help him. But listen, this is actually kind of a funny story. He um, lives in this garage apartment. He's been there for almost a year. And the first month he was there, he got a um, power bill and he paid it. And then he never got another power bill ever again. And some people moved into the front house. And so he said, well, the people moved in. I never got another bill. I'm like, well, you need to call the power company and straighten it out. Maybe there's not a separate meter. He's like, yeah, I'll take care of that. Well, he's 21 and he was 20 at the time. So do you think he ever took care of it? No. He didn't call the power company. I guess he just assumed he got free electricity for life. I don't know. But anyway, he all of a sudden got a bill, like just just recently, for $430. So apparently it was the whole year's worth of power bill. Because he's all, all he's got is like a little window unit. I mean, he doesn't probably use a lot of electricity. But I think, I mean, I think they didn't read his meter. The power company was confused, but they billed him all at once. And of course, he couldn't pay it. So he didn't pay it. And then they cut his power off. So he waited till it was cut off to come talk to me. Oh, no. <laughs> but, you know, it's been a year. He didn't get a power bill. And of course, he's like, well, free power. Okay. No. Oh, my gosh. No, that's... I can't believe they waited a year to well, I know. turn his power He got off. one power bill, like I said, at the very beginning, and then never got another bill. Huh. So the mother that I am said, you need to contact the power company and they'll figure out, you know, Maybe you're on the same meter as the house that you're behind. Well, it turns out, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I learned something really important. So there's a real life life lesson. That was a valuable life lesson. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Lordy. Well, my husband, I'm going to tell stories on him. Hopefully he doesn't hear this. He had neck surgery last week. And every day I ask him how he's doing. And he says the worst part of the day is when he wakes up in the morning. And that doesn't make sense to me. He's resting all night, and we've got the bed that tilts up, so he's sleeping. It kind of reclined, but like semi-upright. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing at night. Well, I rolled over this morning, and I caught him. He is a person who does things in his sleep and doesn't realize he does it. (laughs) Like, he's a sleep eater. Oh, gosh. And we'll have complete conversations while he's sleeping, and he has no recollection of it. He is 
like half sitting up in bed on his side with his hand propped on his his head propped on his hand and his neck he's in a big collar like a cervical collar and his neck's all cocked over to one side and he is asleep with his head resting like up on his hand not a, no not, not a, a good, good idea safe sleeping oh, position no. for someone after neck no. surgery so, <laughs> i of course like panicked and screamed at him i'm like what are you doing that is the worst thing you could do for your neck and he's like why are you yelling at me and i'm like because you are terrifying me he has bone grafts in his neck oh that gosh. has to take you know and uh so he rolled over and went back to sleep and then he got up this morning he's like my neck's hurt me i said probably because the way you were sleeping and he's like, what are you talking about? He has no recollection of this conversation. Oh, gosh. So I'm going to have to watch him while he's sleeping. I don't I know. I guess. Tie him down. <laughs> <laughs> Attach him to the bed and like with a harness. I don't know. Seat, a seat belt, a bed belt. I don't know. <laughs> Seriously. I need to just like belt him to the Put bed Put him in traction. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's being so careful. He's so proud of himself. He's being so careful. And I'm Except like, yeah, until sleep. you go to sleep. Wow. Oh. I need a, he needs a sitter at night, I guess, to watch guess. him sleep. <laughs> so member of our Facebook community reached out to me about a good news segment for our show today. And I really loved it. It is from Amy Ware. She's from Carrollton, Georgia. Where I used to live. I lived in Carrollton for five years. I did not know Amy at all, but I know we have a lot of the same friends. That's so, so funny. Yeah. It's such a small world. It really is. I actually reached out to some people about this story. Once she gave me the information, I reached out to the people. Oh, I love it. And I said, and funny thing is my co-host used to you know, work in Carrollton, and they asked who you were, but they didn't know you. It's been a long time. I said, time. well, she's been gone at least 15 years. Yeah, we left in 05. So. Yeah, I was thinking it was probably around then. So yesterday on Tuesday, November 24th, the Talkai Alphas from West Georgia University in Carrollton, Georgia, gave away free Thanksgiving dinners to low-income families in their area. So they started a GoFundMe page a couple months ago, and uh, they raised $700 through that GoFundMe account. And then they accepted food and other donations from people and businesses in the community. So I reached out to one of the organizers of the event, and DK Buchanan got back with me. And he said, I'm a proud brother of Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity through the Tau Chi chapter seated at the University of West Georgia. With the help of our graduate chapter, Rho Phi Lambda, we were able to serve a total of 100 families across three counties, Paulding, Carroll, and Douglasville, a complete Thanksgiving meal, including turkey, dressing, green beans, cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes, dinner rolls, and dessert of a cake or pie. Our fraternity prides itself on being servants of all. And I actually saw the, a video, they did like a Facebook live video where they were inviting members of the community to come out and pick up a Thanksgiving dinner. I love that. Yeah, I thought it was really nice. Yeah, one thing I loved about Carrollton is the sense of community that was there. That was really, really something that I felt when I lived there. It's It's got a great small town feel, and I, I loved it there. Well, I drive through there like all the time, and it's like one of my gas stops yep, when, when I'm driving to your house. When you're coming or, to Augusta, you drive, yeah. <laughs> you're really like 25 minutes away or so when you're on the interstate, 20, something like that from actually oh, Carrollton. Really? You have to go a ways off the interstate. Yeah, okay. maybe 20. Some, well, I, I guess know. I it's don't really while. go to Carrollton then. Yeah, you do, you go past the exit, but it's it's the county next to Carroll County is the county next to Alabama. Yes, it borders Alabama, but yeah, that's great. It's it's definitely got the community feel, and that's a great good news story. I bet that there were, you know, thousands of those events going on 
around the country. So there's always ways that we can help in our community around the holidays. Of course, by the time this episode comes out, we'll be into the new year. And, you know, don't forget about your community needs just because the holidays are over. When I worked with the food bank, I helped Will again. This is another Will Stevens story. (laughs) He had to, quote, volunteer at the food bank. We won't get into why. Anyway, he did some volunteering, and I went with him just to ensure he was volunteering properly the first day. (laughs) And they talked about the needs of the food bank. And they said that they get a lot of help over the holidays, but then people forget about them. Like, everybody wants to, you know, serve a meal for Thanksgiving or for Christmas. But as we're moving out of the holidays, now is when they start to have the greatest need. So get your community out there. You know, if you've got organizations, now's the time. And even get on like your local Facebook community groups, because I know like in the town that neighbors mine, they have like a, I don't remember what they call it, like a food pantry or cabinet. And it's actually outside of a pharmacy. And the community just goes by and stocks it and puts stuff in it. And then you can go and take stuff out of it as you need need it. it. Yeah. Yeah. um, Our food bank is is very well organized in our you know, several county area, and they have, you know, volunteer, forced volunteering for some and (laughs) actual volunteering for others that you can do. And, you know, don't forget about them throughout the year because their needs are great, especially, you know, as people are having trouble with working still, you know, during the pandemic as it continues, which I can't believe it's continuing, but people still need help. So, listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. So before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes this possible for us to bring you the podcast. And today I want to talk about Pampered Chef. Sherry brought me into Pampered Chef. You know, she had a big fundraiser for the Delayed on Deny community. How many meals did we raise, Sherry? Just under 25,000 meals. That's amazing. I didn't want to have a Pampered Chef party. I was like, yeah, I'm not really interested. She's like, you can do a fundraiser. And I'm like, ding, ding, ding. That's what I want to do. I want to help people that are in need. Again, talking about helping our local community. So that got me back into Pampered Chef after years. I hadn't you know, bought anything Pampered Chef in so long. And my kitchen needed it. I needed to refresh all of my Pampered Chef. You know, I've been cooking you know, I cook at night every night, but I've recently pulled out the stoneware pans. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Sherry. Last night I made roasted potatoes using the stoneware. You know, mine had broken, you know, over the years, all of my Pampered Chef stoneware that I bought probably 20 years ago. I'm not kidding, probably. Yeah. When I lived in Carrollton, <laughs> I, I think that's where I bought it. And it had broken or whatever. And so I didn't have any Pampered Chef stoneware. So I've restocked it. And the The baking pan is amazing with roasted potatoes. So we had roasted potatoes and roasted um, Brussels sprouts. I'd been using just a cheap metal pan. Yeah. And the the way that, I mean, it took a little longer to cook it on the stoneware, but the potatoes were perfect. Yeah, I love it. And I love that it's big enough that I can put like potatoes on one side and even like put pork chops on the other side. 
like I'll start to cook the potatoes and then sear the pork chop and then throw it on and yeah. finish cooking in the oven. It's it's great. And I would get rid of all my metal pans, but my husband is terrified of using my stoneware. So I have to rid keep of the it metal for him. Yet, but I'm thinking about it. But you know, one thing that's different about this pan from the one that I had before is that they actively say you can put it in the dishwasher now. Yes. And I was like, what? So I put it in the dishwasher. It comes out perfect. So I'm not using aluminum foil, you know, because I was using aluminum foil to line my metal pans. And I did that because my pan didn't go well in the dishwasher. It would get drip rusty water all over the place if I tried to wash it, the metal pans. Uh I would have rusty pan water all over everything. So I was like, well, I'm just going to use the foil. Then I won't have to put it in the dishwasher. I won't have to wash it by hand. But that, you know, wasn't a great solution either. So I also am crazy about their quick cooker, which is their version of the Instapot. It's great. I can't believe it. You know, Melanie Avalon on the Intermittent Fasting Podcast has been trying to get me to get an Instapot for years, but I got the Pampered Chef one. I actually got it as part of the, the Feeding America fundraiser, and I love it. Yeah. I actually, you know, when I first got turned on to Pampered Chef and I think when I signed up as a consultant, I chose it in my set. And I kind of at the time was like, do I need it? Because I have an Instant Pot and I have an Instant Pot at work. But I got it because it had some like safety features on it that intrigued me. And I actually, my Instant Pot is in the garage now. I only use my Deluxe Quick Cooker. It's amazing. I actually reorganized my kitchen cabinets because I wanted to have it where I could get to it close by. So I have over my pantry is like there's some high up cabinets, but I can still reach them. So I put it, I'm using it like practically every night. Yeah. Yeah. It's that amazing. So anyway, I resisted for a long time. So if you um, shop with us, we have different companies that we love and it helps support our podcast. And this is, you know, the way we've decided instead of having, you know, traditional ads, we would support our podcast like this. So if you go to jenstevens.com slash pampered chef, you can um, see some of the products that I love. You can shop, buy those things, restock your kitchen. If you're like me and it's been 20 years since you... (laughs) Since you looked at your Pampered Chef collection, you won't be sorry. I'm loving really everything that I've gotten, and it's up to my cooking game. Yeah, that's great. So we are going to move on to today's life lesson. And I don't know if it's so much a lesson, other than hopefully we can share something fun with our listeners and get you guys thinking about a new way to spend your free time and your family time. We're going to talk about playing games. So whether it's board games, dice games, games of strategy and chance, or outdoor games. I love and I games. Jen, yeah, yeah I say, love Jen them. and I love games. And like, I knew Jen for a while before I like found out that she loves games as much as I do. And so when we're at the beach, we play games a lot. I think it was last spring, maybe I brought Phase 10, which is a favorite that my husband and I play. Oh, it was June. It was when Michelle was there at the beach with us. We went to Charleston. It was when the delay on the night cruise was canceled, right? Oh, you're right. It was I before it that. May. You taught me how to play it before she was there. Yeah, we put beach rules into effect in June when okay. Michelle was there. Yep. So, yeah. So I introduced her to Phase 10. She immediately went home and bought it, shared it with yep. her husband. And for years, so my husband is a very, like, by the rule book kind of guy, and where I'm the rebel. So I constantly been like, hey, there's a better way to play this game. And he's like, no, that's not the way the rules are written. And so when I was playing with Jen, I thought, oh, I should tell her the way I really want to play this game. But I always think of Jen as a rule follower. So (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so I didn't tell her. And then when we got back together at the beach the next month, she was like, oh, hey, Chad and I found a new way to play phase 10 and it's so much better. And the way they wanted to play was the way I've always yep. wanted to play, which is more, if you're familiar with phase 10, you basically have 10 phases and you're trying to get different combinations yeah different hands yeah Yeah. and then you have to so like you can't move on to the second phase until you get the first phase so eventually all your players are on different phases and you're kind of trying to keep track of what phases the other players are on but you always know what they're trying to get if you're playing because you know if, if they haven't gotten two you know they're trying to get two so you're very strategic with your discard because yes. you know what they're doing. Because it's, it's definitely a strategy game. But with it's the new rules, you can do the phases in any order you want. And it makes the game go quicker because you can pick and choose depending on what's in your hand. But also, it helps make it a little more exciting because you don't know what phase your opponents are working on. You have no yes. idea till they lay it down. And the other thing is, like, so, like, one of the phases you might be trying to get, like, I don't have the cards in front of me, so I can't think. But, like, you might be trying to get, like, five five in a row or seven in a row. And so at some point, you have to decide. You might be trying to go for seven in a row, but you have five, but you're like, oh, do I go out? Yeah, just seven, eight, or nine. Seven, eight, or nine are the okay. ones that you need in a row. Yeah. So you, I've fallen victim to that. You're like, I yep. have seven in a row, but I'm going to try for nine because it's still early. And then your opponent goes out, and you're, like, stuck with Crud. all those cards. And yeah. <laughs> It like totally like ramps to me. It just makes it like a little bit more of a high adrenaline game. Yeah, I love, I love it. that. So yeah. phase 10, if y'all have not played phase 10, I had not ever played it till May when Sherry introduced me to it. And now it is our favorite game. Yeah. Chad and I play I it all the time. I do love that one. I also really love Skipbo. Uh, my husband won't play Skipbo with me because he thinks I cheat. Is it because you're so good at it? He thinks yes. it must be cheating. Yes. So <laughs> he says it's impossible for somebody to win as much as I win, but I'm a very strategic player and he's not. And so I hold cards in my hand. Yeah. Until I like can make a big run of them. And he doesn't, he thinks that's against the rules. He thinks that if you have a card, you should lay it. But I wait and I like hold them. And then all of a sudden I'll lay them down and I'll go out and he gets so Now I've mad. never played Skip Bow. I don't even know what the premise is. Oh, you is. haven't? Mm-mm. So you, Sherry and Eric are coming to visit. So y'all need to bring that game. I will. And we will yeah, play I'll bring it. it. Yeah. 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 So he won't play Skip Bow with me at all anymore. I'll be like, do you want to play Skip Bow? No. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you'll play with us? He'll have to. I'll make him. Okay, good. <laughs> But I grew up playing games. That was something we did a lot as kids. Mm -hmm. Always. That was really how we spent our time. You know, when we had friends, you have sleepovers, we played games. Yeah. I don't remember playing so much with my friends, but like with my brothers and sisters and and my parents. And we had a lot of snow days back in Kansas. And we had a lot of ice storms with no power. And so we would play games just to pass the days along. And my mom was a real big... She would do this. If you kids can't find something productive to do, I will find something for you, which meant cleaning something. Yeah. (laughs) So you always wanted to look like you were busy. Right. So we played a lot of games that took all day Saturday to play. Uh, But my brother and I loved to play Scrabble. And we had a neighbor who lived next to us. And her husband worked really long hours. And they didn't have any kids. And for whatever reason, we started playing Scrabble with her. And we'd go over to their house and play and play and play. And my brother was a couple years older than me. 
And I don't know, I was probably maybe 10 years old, nine or 10. We're playing Scrabble and my brother played the word lemon. And you know, all the letters are capitals and he plays lemon. And for some reason, my brain did not read it as lemon. And I challenged him and I was like, that is not a word. Lemon. And he's like, yes, it it's is. I'm like, lemon. no, it's not. I challenge you. And <laughs> for whatever reason, I was reading it as limon. <laughs> limon is not a word. Well, that's true. Lemon, however, is a word. And I lost that challenge. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Do you have I'll like never hard that. and fast challenge rules like you're penalized if you challenge and you're wrong? I, you know, I can't remember. I haven't actually played a game of Scrabble in a while. You and I played at the beach, I think, last year, but I don't I don't remember having hard and fast rolls. Yeah, I, don't I feel like, the hard like you and had fast to rolls. do something. You're, you you're supposed to. to. I think there's a turn some kind of yeah, but I never I, I never enforce those rules. I figure, you know. Oh wait, do you have to show that the rest of the players your letters or something? I don't know. See, that's what's yeah. so funny. There's so many variations and rules and everybody just develops their own way of playing the games. Chad and I yeah. play a lot of cards. He won't play Scrabble with me anymore. But Cal and Kate, my son Cal and his wife Kate, are getting ready to visit. And they like to play Scrabble. So he'll play Scrabble with us. And I'll introduce them to Phase 10 if they've never played. I don't know. But we also like to play Rummy. Do you play Rummy? I, I haven't played Rummy in a long time. Well, we can play some Rummy when y'all are here, too. Rummy is always fun. Yeah, there is a game that we used to play when we were kids a lot. When my dad had a a coffee can full of pennies and um it was called tripoli have you ever heard of i've heard of it but i haven't played it i haven't played it in so long i can't remember exactly how you play it but it's michigan rummy hearts and poker so you have different like i can't remember if you, as you go around the board there's a board and then you have to play it you change your game based off of where you land on the game on the board maybe or something but anyway so you have to know michigan rummy hearts and poker i don't know michigan i've never heard of that michigan no no yeah. i've never heard of the game michigan michigan rummy yeah oh okay i don't know michigan rummy that's why it's called tripoli because it's like three games in one okay that so sounds it's michigan, very cool. rummy hearts and poker and we played it a, a lot as kids but i don't think anybody plays that anymore yeah i've never 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 played it do they sell it in the store still? You can buy it on Amazon. Okay. I looked. It's like $48. Oh, wow. You know, one of my favorite new games is What the Meme. Did I play that with you at the beach? What the Meme? No, I have not played what that. What the Meme. You have to have at least three people to play it. And more is better. We played it um, when I was at the beach with my friends recently. There were five of us. What the Meme is so funny. It's a lot like Cards Against Humanity, which I also like. But you can't play that in certain mixed company situations, or maybe not if you're 51 and you are like, you know, like with my children. I'm like, no, we can't have these, you know, naughty phrases. You know, I'm funny about stuff like that. Cards Against Humanity has some naughtiness in it. I've never played that either. Oh, really? Well, it's it's a fun game if you're playing with the right people. But what the meme is so funny because you have these funny photos that, you know, like most memes are attached to funny photos. And then everyone has all these captions and you, you play the caption, you're playing anonymously. One person is the judge. So you play your caption that you think is the funniest that goes with it. And the judge picks without knowing who played what and decides which one they think is the funniest. 
and then okay, that person that kind gets of a point. Reminds me of apples to apples. I've heard that they're alike. That's, okay. that's what I, but I've never played apples to apples. But oh, what the meme is hilarious. We were laughing so hard, and it didn't hurt that I won. I like to win. Sherry likes to win, so we both like to win. Jen and I are both super competitive. <laughs> we are. <laughs> There's one game I played with my family. Scattergories? Have you ever played Scattergories? I haven't. They refused to play that game with me ever again. Because <laughs> I was so competitive. I'm like, come on. Anyway, Scattergories is so much fun. We'll have to get that one and play that one, too. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the history of games. And then we can have a lesson with that. So, um, you know, games have been around since the beginning of mankind. Honestly, the games are not new. People have been making games out of whatever they had in the environment. Um, You know, 5,000 years ago, they well, they didn't find it 5,000 years ago. They found a 5,000-year-old burial mound from Turkey. And there were 49 small carved painted stones in there that they think were gaming pieces. So, you know, they found them all over the Middle East, Syria, Iraq, and the earliest board games seem to have been something, you know, for the elite to do. I guess, you know, the regular people <laughs> didn't have time yeah. to play board games, but they were too busy working. Too busy working for the elite, but they were, you know, they were playing games to pass the time. And some of the earliest games were games of dice, marbles, chess has been around for a long, long time. Are you good at chess, Sherry? You know, I used to play with my brother when I was young. And I haven't played since then. I was I'm sure never I would be. good at it's it. It's a game of strategy. Did you see the oh, what's that show that's right now? The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. I have not. Oh my gosh, you have to watch it. It was very good. It's all about okay. chess. Someone yeah, oh, who's yeah? yes, and it also reinforced that that is not my game. You really have to. <laughs> you have to be like a certain kind of thinker. Uh-huh. And I am not the kind of person that thinks like several you know, moves ahead. ahead. Yeah, I can't visualize. I also don't have great, I'm not a a great 3D visualizer. That's not visual spatial. That's not one of my skills. Visual spatial skills. Yeah. You'd have to have a strength in that. I think you would. Yeah. But chess is is not my game. I'm not going to ever be a chess domino. But I would highly encourage everyone, if you haven't yet watched The Queen's Gambit on Netflix, watch it. Is very enjoyable. But chess has been around for a long, long time. Playing cards, versions of those, tiles, we call those dominoes now, but little you know, games with tiles originated in China during the ninth century. And one of the first commercially produced games was Parcheesi. That is a game I haven't even thought of in so long. Have you ever played Parcheesi? I have not. I, but I, I did think read. I did a long time ago. That it was brought to England from India, and the real name is Pacheesi. It's spelled like P-A-C-H-E-S-I, and they kind of took it and rebranded it. Gave it uh, like an Americanized name. Yeah, more of an English name. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Boxed it up, sold it. Yeah. Yeah, People used to just like make the pieces themselves. You know, a lot of the things were were homemade, and they didn't have mass-produced versions until this Pacheesi in 1869. So it's really, yeah, when you know, it hadn't been that long ago, really, in the scheme of the world. It really hasn't. Yeah. I actually really thought some of the first commercially produced games were going to be older than the late 1800s when I started looking into this. That kind of surprised me. But they weren't. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't been com- commercially producing games for very long. And the, like I said, in the whole scheme of life, speaking of life, the game of life, did you used to like to play that one? Oh, it's my favorite. Oh. I prefer it over Monopoly. I haven't played Life in so long, but I loved it too. The little peg people that you would put in the cars, and you'd spin the little 
Yeah, did you have to put vegetable oil on your spinner to make it spin? No. Oh. My spinner was good. Your spinner. Well, see, our game of life that we used when we were kids right. was actually my dad's oh. from when he was a kid. Oh, yeah. We had pretty old. We had a game that we probably bought. It was probably late 70s, early 80s. That was my addition. So it was in good shape. And it, spinning that spinner and moving around the board, and I loved it. Yeah. That game was initially called the Checkered Game of Life. And it was a Milton Bradley game that came out as early as 1860. How about Battleship? Did you play Battleship? My brother and I played a lot of Battleship. I loved it. You sank my Battleship. That was a commercial. I'm pretty sure he cheated. Did he? Did he like I'm pretty sure lie he about? Like my brother was a bad cheater. Uh, when you would catch him cheater, cheating, he would just grin at you. Like he'd be like, yeah, okay, so you caught me. Oh, gosh. It, but it never stopped him from trying to cheat. He like he it. loved to be the Monopoly banker so that oh, he could. Yeah, don't let a cheater be the banker. Cheat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, B- Battleship was released in 1931. Yeah, that before was, Monopoly, which really? is really okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. Monopoly was 1933, and it surprises me that Scrabble didn't come out till 1952. Like I would have thought that would have been around longer. Yeah, you would think. I did do some research to find out what is the most popular games around the world, and I guess I shouldn't have been surprised at the answer. But the top three most popular games worldwide are chess, checkers, and backgammon. Have you ever played backgammon? You know, I never really knew the rules of backgammon. It just, it's not a game I've ever played. I think my grandparents had a backgammon set and maybe my granddaddy tried to teach me to play one time and I'm like, yeah, this game is not for me. Have you played? Yeah. My, again, my brother and I played. We played a lot of games as kids. We didn't have cable television, so we had to do something to entertain ourselves. <laughs> well, I grew up in the We mountains. certainly didn't want to clean. We didn't have cable available to us. It wasn't even out there. <laughs> we had a rotor on the top of our home and you would, it was like an antenna and it was attached you had to turn the dial and it would spin around on the top oh, to look for a signal. yeah and it, you if you wanted to change the tv channel you had to like turn the rotor and like try to match it up with the part of the sky where the signal was coming from it was you couldn't just change the channel to see what else was on it was like <laughs> took a while oh my gosh and to wait for the That's antenna a lot of work. to spin around yeah <laughs> like i'm just gonna watch whatever's on nbc <laughs> well the next three popular games are Monopoly, Scrabble, and Clue. That's not a surprise. And Clue really surprised me. Well, I used to love Clue, but I guess I'm surprised it's that much of a top game. Yeah. I guess everybody what, has it, though, right? Me. Everyone has a Clue board in their home, probably. Probably. Yeah. Yep. Well, we asked our community to share what games their friends and family enjoy and um, to share some stories surrounding those games or tips or rules changes. And I think these so are we fun. Had, Yeah, we had a lot of people participate this week and want to share with us. So the first story is from Jen from Los Angeles, and her favorite game is Cribbage. She says, I love this game as it brings awesome memories of growing up. I have heard this game is called the grandparents game. My grandparents taught me and my best friend that lived down the street from me growing up, and she also played with her grandparents. I taught my husband. This is a pegboard slash card game. You can play in teams of two up to six people, or you can play three people or one-on-one. I have a few boards, and it is so much fun. If you don't get to a certain point on the board and your opponent wins, they call it getting skunked. You can play for a few dollars, which is what we normally do, and if you get skunked, you have to pay double. In this game, there's a lot of counting off of other people's cards, so it's a good way to also practice adding with elementary-aged students. I think I learned this game when I was about 11. 
I'm now 45 and still play with my parents any chance I get. Have you ever played cribbage? I have never. I've never played cribbage either. I've seen the boards. I think they have little pegs that you Yeah, that looks familiar. That sounds familiar. Yeah, but I've never played it. So many games out there. So little time. Yeah. (laughs) Gail from South Dakota, she shared their family favorite. And she said, our family favorite was Clue. And when we played Clue, we would wear hats and costumes like the different characters. And we spoke with accents while we solved the murder mystery. I love that. That's fun. That is fun. So they would they would choose a character to be, and then just, that's great. Family traditions like those are the best. Yeah, here's the geek in me. I've always wanted to go to murder mystery dinner theater. I've never been to one either. <laughs> I haven't. I've always wanted to go. That does sound fun. That would be fun with a big group. That yeah. would be really fun. Yeah. So Barbara said, during the shutdown, we enjoyed welcoming our grown children home. We played games almost every night, way more than when we were busy as they grew up. Our families are Scrabble and card games like Hearts and Contract Rummy. See, I haven't played Contract Rummy either. There's like a lot of versions of Rummy. I think there are. Yeah, that's one I haven't played. Hearts, I haven't played for years. I don't know that I've ever played Hearts. I used to play it with my mother. I can't remember the rules at all. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, see, I'm so bad about games. Like every time I play a game, I have to like do a refresher and read through the rules. And my husband's like, let's just start playing. You'll figure it out. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I need to read the rules before we start. And it is just so funny (laughs) how people have developed different rules. Yeah. Like we were talking about before with phase 10, how we have our our own rules for that. We also came up with another rule, Sherry, to make it go faster because Chad gets bored if it goes too long. Uh I meant to tell you this one. Once one person goes out with their phase, the other person hasn't gone out yet. We keep playing until either that person goes out and then that round is over. Or if the second person goes out, if you're playing with two, if you're both out, we do not keep playing until somebody goes out completely. We just go ahead. As soon as the second person's out, everybody's out. We count whatever points we have left over. So as soon as both people have played a yes, phase, yes, you, just, yes. you just end that turn. Yes. That makes sense. Because otherwise, I'm like, why are we just continuing to try to try to go out? Nothing is going to happen. Right. Just eat, once each person has played a phase, we consider that round to be over. And then we each get points if we have them. Okay. Yes. So Sarah Keister's family loves Phase 10 and Skipbo. She says, my kids and I love these strategy games. Not only do they make us think and pay attention, but they are great ways to have a little healthy competition. Our two rule changes are you can deal as many Skipbo cards as you want. We never keep count. She says, I honestly don't even know what the actual number is to deal. I think it's 10. And for phase 10, we play that you can pick your phase that you're going for every time instead of doing them in order, See, like Jen I and I do. I a lot of people have figured out that rule. It's such yeah. a better way to play. And you don't even have to tell the other person, so they truly have no idea what you're going for until you lay your cards down. It makes it harder and more interesting. Yeah. I agree, Sarah. It's so much more strategy involved because, you know, at the beginning, if you're doing it in the regular way, then you're like, well, I have to have you know, seven in a row on this hand. But right. otherwise, you're like, I don't know what to do. What should I What should I go for? Anyway, everybody who's our, if you have not played Phase 10, play it. If you haven't played it our way, try it. Beverly from North Carolina wrote in and shared, we have turned into, a, into game night junkies. I have a game journal that tells who's playing, the game name, and the date, as well as the scores. I love that idea, by the way. We have little notebooks like that, too, that I always keep score in, and I love to flip back through them. Do you do that? 
I don't. I usually keep score on whatever random piece of paper. Also, some games that we have, I'll always keep the score pads in the game, like Scrabble. I keep all Mm -hmm. the old score pads in the box so I can look back and see, you know, if I'm using the Scrabble game that belonged to my granddaddy, like which I still have, if I pull that out, it still has games that he and I played in the 80s on the paper. That's so fun. Yeah, and you're like... Do you put the date on it? I date them. I always I date to start them. Doing it's that. just, you know, a great way to reminisce, like she said, with her game journal. So something to yeah. something to think about. Um, so she said, one of our favorite games is Joker Marbles. We have a friend that refuses to be a loser, and we can't go home until she or her team wins. That may be 10 p.m. <laughs> or 2 a.m. This leads to some, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be the Joker there. <laughs> Sorry, no, we can't stop. I haven't won yet. No. <laughs> This leads to some silly, tired players some nights. Man, I'm sounding old. Look, 10 p.m. sounds old to me, Beverly, so I get it. (laughs) It sounds late. I go to bed early. If you have a large group, you can play rounds and winners and losers. Play for biggest winner and biggest loser. The same trophy passes around each game night. Works for small groups, too. Especially fun for those that hate to lose. So they actually have a trophy that they pass Yeah, that sounds fun. And then you bring it back to game night and you want to keep it. That kind of ups the ante. I like You know, my family has a challenge every year with the, what you call the college NCAA tournament. We have a a plaque that every year somebody different gets it. Whoever does the best job with their bracket. Yeah. It's the Calhoun family challenge. And I was the very first winner, even though I knew nothing about basketball. I won it twice only over the years, but. I like That's to win. That's fun. <laughs> but we have these plaques that we can pull out and see who's won every year. So I, th- I think those kind of things are great for the memories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Becky shared a game I've never heard of. Have you ever heard of a game? I guess it's called Cabo. Maybe. C-A-B-O. Never heard of it. Uh, she says it's a card game that requires memory, strategy, and sabotage. Sounds fun. Yeah. We play it every time my parents visit or we visit them. The original Cabo has beautiful artwork, which makes it even more enjoyable to play. This one has been licensed to a German company, so it makes a great gift because very few people own it. However, Cabo 2 is available on Amazon. The rules are a little different, but it is still a great game. The artwork is lacking compared to the original, so we play both versions. Cabo 2 is great for people with memory issues as you don't have to rely on it as much. I use a composition notebook to keep score for all the games we play. I always write the date and the game we played so we can look back together when we next play again. I love that. It makes me happy. When Chad and I play games, we look back and often like he'll win and then I'll win then he'll win. And it just feels good to know that we're not dominating. I like just to both win sometimes as much as I like to win. (laughs) I don't want to always win because it's not as fun. But you don't let anybody win. Oh, no. Oh, no. I would never let you win. But I'm not sad when, I mean, I don't want to just dominate because then it's not as fun. Yeah, then they won't play like with you. like Exactly. So Ingrid from Canberra, Australia says, we love games in our family. We love having an early Sunday night barbecue dinner in the summer on our deck and then playing a game. It's a nice habit to get into. Firm favorites are Killer Bunnies. I do not know that game. Do you know? I don't Killer either. Killer Bunnies? It sounds fun, I wonder though. if that's an Australian <laughs> game. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. I, I don't know. We take this on cruises and set up on the big round tables in the dining room between meals and always get lots of interested onlookers and questions. A game called Set. I have never, not even once, beat my son, but still I persist. And our newest purchase is called Azul. It's both pretty and strategic. I haven't played any of those. I haven't either. I haven't heard of any of those. 
I haven't heard from this next about this next one either. Tracy from Santa Barbara said her family's favorite game is called Wingspan. And she says, Wingspan is a game that only has 26 moves, and you have to think through how to set up a system that gets you the most points. It is also a beautiful game board and pieces. We also like a game called Terraforming Mars, which is a game where you set up a point engine. I don't know what that means. Our family with adult kids in their mid to late 20s spends all our holiday time together planning around what board games we will play. We like Alhambra. And for a game my husband will play with us, we have to play Ticket to Ride or Phase All 10. Right, for Phase Again. 10. And that's just, I had never heard of that game until you brought it to the beach. And it's very popular. What's Ticket to Ride? Do you know? I don't. I've not heard of it. But if her husband likes to play it, I might need to look into oh, it. Yeah. Maybe I can get my husband to play it. She says, we always have lots of laughs and usually a specialty drink is made and consumed along with dark chocolate covered acai berries. It always makes for a great evening. She goes on to say, when our kids were little, we never let them win. We felt like they needed to learn to think for themselves and learn to win and lose gracefully. It's made them really good at games and also helped them realize that you don't always win. That is my biggest tip for families with smaller children. Do not let them win. Help them see how they could win, but don't ever let them win. It will backfire in every aspect of their 100%, lives. 100%. I agree with that, Tracy. That's true. Me too. Yeah. So, so often kids don't know how to deal with disappointment. So this next one's fun. I saved this one for oh, you, yay. Jen, since you hadn't read it yet. Okay. So this is Gail from South Dakota. She wrote in a second time to share a second game. She said, we played a game called Relative Insanity that was created by Jeff Foxworthy for his family at a family reunion a few years ago. We laughed until we cried. It is suggested for ages 14 and up. We played with a couple of the teenagers, and it was fine. There are innuendos and potty humor, but so funny. I already submitted once, but I really just want Jen and Sherry to play this one with their families. Yeah, I'm sure I would love it if it's Jeff Foxworthy, because he's hilarious. I'm sure. It sounds like a good, rowdy family Relative game. insanity. Yeah, I'll have to look that one up. Yeah, so you might have to look that up before Cal and Kate Oh, come. yeah. So Crystal from New Zealand told us a story about a game her daughter made up. And she said, my nine-year-old daughter, Savannah, wanted to buy Clue, but I'm not a fan of the murder theme. So she ended up designing her own game. It's basically the same rules, but the mystery is who stole the cupcake or cookie. She called it Sweet Stolen and made it out of cards. She drew her own pictures, created characters, and made a logo. And it's such a cute game to play. I'm a big fan of kids making their own games. When I was an elementary teacher, most recently teaching in the gifted classroom, I had my fifth graders, which was the last year they were with me, develop a project where they learned about something. It was called Knowledge Quest, and they became experts in something over the course of the year. They researched it. They wrote a book about it. And I also had them create a game themed with their with whatever their topic was. So like one kid would study the Titanic all year and then they would make a game themed around the Titanic. And there's a company called bearbooks.com, B-A-R-E, bear like naked, <laughs> bearbooks, <laughs> bearbooks.com. They have board game kits that have blank board games that you can make yourself and it comes with all the pieces too. Like you color them You make in. it yourself. You can. There's a couple of options. There's one where the board is just completely white. It's just a game board. It's completely white. Not any spaces drawn in or anything. You draw them in yourself. You know, they would use pencil, of course, at first, and Sharpies to make the lines, uh -huh. rulers. It really taught them to be careful. They had to plan it out first. They had some that would fold. They also had some that had pre-printed sections. One of them looks a lot like Monopoly. 
it's got, you know, the the around the rim of it, it's got the, the boxes right. you can go and it folds up. But you can decide what kind you like for the game board. They're not expensive, but all the game kits come with the board, pawns, dice, a spinner, a timer, blank cards that you can turn into whatever you want, money. I mean, it's just fantastic. They would even decorate the box and make it follow their theme. And, you know, they had to develop the game, the rules, everything, and it had to go along with the theme. So I would really encourage everybody, look up bearbooks.com. They also have blank books you can make, but that's the teacher in me. Creating something yourself is really so much fun. Yeah, I thought that was so fun. So I'm going to share something that one of our community members sent in on our Facebook page at uh, Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. And I just thought this was so great. It like actually kind of made me want to go back and spend more time with my son doing this. She said, one piece of advice I give to all moms that I know, play video games with your kids. Even if you'd rather get a root canal, play video games with your kids. You don't have to play all of them. Pick one and slowly get better at it. Why? A number of reasons. You get bonding time with them. You get an opportunity to discuss what it is that they find so appealing about video games. Do something that they are better at than you and have them learn how to teach you. You get street cred. Trust me, you will be held in high esteem by their friends and they will be so proud of you. Again, it doesn't have to be everything. You can be choosy. For instance, I have played a decent amount of Minecraft. It really helps you understand why they love it so much. And I will say it is the best $26 I had ever spent. Uh, The other game I highly recommend to moms is Breath of the Wild, a Zelda game, because it is beautiful. She says, moms, it takes time. I think that's what your kids will appreciate the most. And they will be a little dumbfounded. That's a great idea. I never played video games with my kids. I really didn't either, just because I feel like I never had time to sit down and well, do I, that. I take that back. I played Guitar Hero. I did that play a little Guitar so much Hero. Fun. <laughs> so here's a secret about me: I have one finger that's really short. I had a bone tumor when I was five, and it never grew. And it's my index finger on my left hand, so I can't play Guitar Hero like a normal person. I have to lay it in my lap and just like push the buttons. So I'm very slow. <laughs> I'm not a good Guitar Hero player. So I have a tip from Julie Sandell from Cedar Falls, Iowa. And I'm really excited to share hers. Do you know who she is, Sherry? Uh, did she write yeah. the intro yeah. to Fast She Feast is the Repeat? doctor that wrote the foreword to my New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. So when she sent in a tip, I was very excited to see it. So Julie Sandell, Dr. Sandell, sends in um, this. She It's a game called Otrio, which I've never heard of. She She describes it like this. This game is super fun for all ages. It is a 3D tic-tac-toe for up to four players. You have the ability to match three circular pieces by size. Snowman, small, medium, large in a row, or a target, small inside a medium, inside a large. We have been playing this game since our twins have been five, and they beat us as much as we beat them. There's a lot of strategy involved, as well as just plain luck. There's also a great travel version for three players. The grandparents also love playing this game, as do the teenage cousins. This is a great game for everyone. So Otrio, that does sound fun. I'm going to have to look that one up. So let's talk about a few outdoor games. I love outdoor games. Yeah, me too. I love any games. Trisha Glasgow says, my son and I love outdoor games, particularly bocce ball. Have you ever played it? I've not ever played it, but I've seen people playing it all over the place. 
She said, we would also try to make it as crazy and as hard as possible by throwing the white ball over hills, through trees, down ditches, in between rocks, or around as many physical obstructions as possible. We started this one winter when he was really young in our basement and around the furniture. And then she says, oops, mom dented the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Explain that to your husband why there's a dent in the wall. It then evolved into a competition to see who could make the biggest challenge and then ultimately win. I think it's important to create these special moments when they are small because when they are older, a teenager like my son is now, they will still want to play and spend time with their parents. Did y'all play croquet a lot growing up in like the late 70s, early 80s? My parents did. And of course, we would, you know, go out there and beat the ball around a little bit. For whatever reason, it was very popular. Maybe I just had a set. I would go out in the yard and set up croquet and play. I had my own little hammers, paddles. What do you call them? I don't know. I can't imagine it's very good for your back. Oh, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) But I loved croquet. In retrospect, thinking about it. It sounds so fancy, fancy, right? Let's go play croquet. (laughs) Karen from Georgia said, we enjoy the game Cornhole. That's definitely popular around here. Is it everywhere? I love it. We played it a lot um, in Denver. Like a long time ago. Well, I mean, I've lived here six okay, years, so not six that years long ago. ago. It just popped up yeah, really within here. the last yes, 10 years. Within the past 10 years, it's really popped up here. So Karen says um, it's a fun game to play outside and can include four people at a time, but it's also fun for others to watch. We like to team up and try to win for our team. You can also have a tournament between team winners. We also like to play Scrabble on occasion, like during a power outage. Yeah, me too. Nothing like having to use your brain to come up with words worth lots of points. Yeah, I really like cornhole. I know. And around the country, they call it different things. Some people call it bags. Mm -hmm. Some people call it bean bags. There's some people that hate the word cornhole and they won't say it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. People are so funny. (laughs) Maybe it was because you're like trying to throw a bag of corn in a hole. I mean, I'm assuming that's how it started. Probably. They probably started in the Midwest with bags of dried corn in a bean bag Uh that you're throwing in a hole. I mean, you know. Very literal. Corn hole. Put the corn through the yeah. hole. And what I like. Yeah, my about, husband won't play won't. with me. What I like about it is that, you know, anybody can be good at cornhole. Yeah, I guess. he. You know, he only has one eye that works. <laughs> that might be why he doesn't like cornhole. <laughs> He's got bad depth perception. <laughs> he does love horseshoes, though. And I bought him a set for his birthday this summer. And I didn't think I was going to like it. But again, I'm such a competitive person. Right. That at first I was like, all right, fine, whatever, I'll play with you. And I really didn't want to because he won't play cornhole with me. So I was like, fine, whatever, I'll play. But then I really got into it. I didn't want to stop. Yeah. Uh, Mercy shared a game that actually sounds like pure entertainment for the adventurous. This is a made-up game they play. You cut up pantyhose to six-inch sections, and you fill those sections with flour, and they are used as throwing bags. Everyone wears a black shirt, and you go outside at night and try to bomb each other within a certain area of the yard. The person with the least amount of flour on them wins a prize. She says it's an active game and so much fun for all ages. However, don't climb up in a tree or they will cover you. Yeah, no one is ever playing that at my house. No. <laughs> Sorry, Mercy. <laughs> I'm like, everyone, you must be naked and hose off before you can come inside. <laughs> that sounds very messy. It yeah. does sound very messy. Uh, no. Kind of like you and your your glitter. No, no glitter, no flower games. (laughs) 
And our last one is Peggy from St. Louis. She has a wicked twist to game night. She says the best rule ever is that the winner always puts the game away. I like that rule. We used to make the I loser like put too. it away, but then they were always like mad. Yeah, then they're mad that they lost, and, then they're, like, and they're just slapping yeah. the pieces in. And <laughs> It's true, but that was the way we always did it. We made the, the loser put the game away, and then they were irritated. That was not a good idea. I really like Peggy's better. Yeah, I guess if you're really averse to putting the game away, then you won't be as pressed to try to win the game, which benefits there you go. me. So before we get to the listener-led lesson of the week, I want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. Jen and I both love products that are convenient and save us time, reduce decision-making, and that support a healthy and balanced lifestyle. ButcherBox has been a great addition to my life. I love their steaks, their free-range chicken, and they have the juiciest pork loin chops ever. You can get 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, heritage-breed pork, and free-range organic chicken delivered right to your door. Each box is perfectly packed and portioned for your needs. ButcherBox's goal is to make high-quality meat accessible to as many people as possible. Shipping is free, and you can get meat for as little as $6 per meal. You can pick the cuts of meat that you prefer, or you can just let them send you a mixed box, and you pick the frequency of your shipments. They even offer specialty meats and wild-caught seafood. When you use our link to sign up, you will be eligible for a special deal made available to our listeners. Visit lifelessonscommunity.com and go to the Shop With Us tab or visit show notes for a special link to sign up. You will not be sorry. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of ButcherBox. Yeah, they're great. One thing that's important is that they always are changing their special offer. And so that's always a different. So like if we said the special offer is free turkey, you know, that ends. So we, in order to get the most updated offer, no matter when you're listening to this podcast, like right now it's like free steaks or something. But if you go to lifelessonscommunity.com and the shop with us tab, we will always have the most updated offer that they're offering. But it's always something different. And we never know what yeah. it's going to be. Free turkey, free yeah, steak. For a while there, they had um, like free ground beef for life, for life when you signed yeah. up. And I'm like, why didn't I, I sign up I then? didn't sign up for that one either. Darn it. I know. Well, I've shared before, I'm like not a person to jump on the bandwagon. And so I was like, yeah, whatever. But then I finally tried them and now I love them. And So always go to our website them. for the latest offer. We'll keep that updated. Yes. All right. Next, we have a segment that we call our listener-led lesson. It might be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. Today's lesson comes from Linda, and she shared it in our Facebook group. This is a great one, by the way. She said, on New Year's Day, turn all the items on hangers in your closet backwards with the hooks facing out. Every time you wear an item, switch the hanger to face inward. At the end of the year, donate what is still turned with the hook facing out. If it's been sitting unworn that long, chances are remote that you will ever put it on again. Why not clear out space in your closet for clothes you really love? Have you ever seen that tip before? I have seen it. I had not, but I thought it was a really good one. And I think when this episode airs, it'll be like January 5th, maybe. So perfect time. Go in your closet. Turn all your clothes around. Yeah. Don't wait till next New Year's Day. (laughs) Do not procrastinate. Because when this comes out on January 5th, that will be 360 days away. So instead, do it today. Go ahead and do it. I actually change my closet out for the seasons. Do you? I used to. But no, I have to because I, I don't just, have enough closet space. Well, you know, I wear scrubs year round, so it's not like my um, 
wardrobe changes that much. Yeah. Well, my, I, so just I guess I'm lucky in that. I love clothes. But I, I, you know, it's time to start getting rid of them because used to I got rid of things because I didn't fit. And now it's, you know, I've been wearing the same clothes since 2015, 2016, and they always still fit. But things are starting to go out of style, you know, from five yeah. years ago. So I have to really, you know, be vigilant. Like, well, is this in style? I don't know. I'll be like that grandma wearing all our old clothes because <laughs> they still fit. <laughs> Good problem to have. Yeah, I'll see people say like, I can still wear these, this outfit from when I was like, like maybe you should not. Like, right? <laughs> like just because you can doesn't mean you exactly. should. Well, I'm finally getting to experience that, you know, realizing that, huh, this is it's no longer in style. So time to do that. Yeah. Thank you for that tip. That was a good one. And that was from Linda. All right. We have a listener submitted quote. Would you like to share that one? Yes, so Molly shared this, and she said, please note, I did not write this, and I don't know the name of the original writer, or else I would give credit. It's called Run the Dishwasher Twice. When I was at one of my lowest mental points in life, I couldn't get out of bed some days. I had no energy or motivation and was barely getting by. I had therapy once per week, and on this particular week, I didn't have much to bring to the session. He asked how my week was, and I really had nothing to say. What are you struggling with? He asked. I gestured around me and I said, I don't know, man, life. Not satisfied with my answer, he said, no, what exactly are you worried about right now? What feels overwhelming? When you go home after this session, what issue will be staring at you? I knew the answer, but it was so ridiculous that I didn't want to say it. I wanted to have something more substantial, something more profound, but I didn't. So I told him, honestly, the dishes. It's stupid, I know, but the more I look at them, the more I can't do them because I'll have to scrub them before I put them in the dishwasher because the dishwasher sucks and I just can't stand and scrub the dishes. I felt like an idiot even saying it. What kind of grown woman is undone by a stack of dishes? There are people out there with actual problems and I'm whining to my therapist about dishes, but he nodded in understanding and then said, run the dishwasher twice. I began to tell him that you're not supposed to. But he stopped me. Why aren't you supposed to? If you don't want to scrub the dishes and your dishwasher sucks, run it twice. Run it three times. Who cares? Rules do not exist. It blew my mind in a way that I don't think I can properly express. That day, I went home and tossed my smelly dishes haphazardly into the dishwasher and ran it three times. I felt like I had conquered a dragon. The next day, I took a shower lying down. A few days later, I folded my laundry and put them wherever they fit. There were no longer arbitrary rules I had to follow, and it gave me the freedom to make accomplishments again. Now that I'm in a healthier place, I rinse off my dishes and put them in the dishwasher properly. I shower standing up. I sort my laundry. But at a time when living was a struggle instead of a blessing, I learned an incredibly important lesson. There are no rules. Run the dishwasher twice. Yeah, that's great. That actually makes me teary. Oh, I could see you. You look teary. Yeah, because, you know... We, we try so hard to do everything perfectly, and sometimes you just don't have the energy to do those things that you're, you know, quote, supposed to be doing. Yeah, and somebody that I love dearly suffers from depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And Ditto. it's been described to me that some days just getting out of bed is hard. And it, if they can get out of bed and move to the couch, that's a win that day. So, yeah, when you start making little wins— Eventually, you know, you start to feel a little bit better and, and you start to get, you know, bigger wins. So, yeah, I think that's a great, a great lesson. 
So that's it for today. Thank you for joining us. Make sure to join our Facebook community if you haven't already. It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that it pops up for you every week. You don't even have to think about it wherever you listen to podcasts. We would also love for you to leave a review so that other people can find us. That really helps. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.